Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Gregory Melville and Susan Fox and Kathleen Bromage. This is Where We Live. I'm John Dankosky. When I started thinking about what has made this program so special for me, one of the first things to come to mind is the music. We've presented dozens of amazing local and national musicians and talked to them about the creative process. For my final musical guest, though, there was really only one choice. Singer-songwriter Kate Callahan is a friend. She's also one of the first musicians to play on Where We Live. She's also a thoughtful and a kind person who cares about Connecticut as much as I do. This year, she was given the honor that fits her better than anyone. She's Connecticut's 16th state troubadour. She's playing tonight at Bridge Street Live in Collinsville on a program called Women of Folk with a former Connecticut state troubadour, Lara Herskovich. This hour, Kate and I will talk about what this new role means for her. We'll remember a concert we did together following the shootings at Sandy Hook, and we'll talk about how music can bring us all together. As you will hear, this last concert with a dear friend whose music is so powerful was a bit emotional for me. She started with a song, Connecticut Roads. Well, I was born to a family of four. We told jokes. We sang in the car. With the windows down in summer, spring and fall, we sang songs. To feel who we were And we Drove Connecticut roads And we Sing Until we got home Well, sis and I Saw the Future bright from the top of Talkit Mountains green. So she left home, she went overseas, and I mounted stages to sing. And lifting off out of Bradley Field over homes, farms, and growing trees. Well, I could see the roads where I come from And why my home is where I want to be And I love Connecticut roads And I sing until certain roads bend back and forth and become trials and other roads lead to the truth and save our smiles and I went searching for a, a city skyline and ended up heart of Hartford, a 
a city growing all the time like me. This is where I've gotten my start. Now I see friends on the road of life, and this road is everything we've known. Of jobs and health, finding love of self, we do it here in this place we call home. And we love Connecticut roads, and we sing on the way home. Kate Callahan on Where We Live. Welcome back to the show, Kate. Thank you so much. That's a beautiful song. Can you tell us about that song? I'd love to. Yeah, I applied to be Connecticut State Troubadour in January, and the application required writing an original Connecticut song. I had applied four years before and had attempted to write an anthem for Connecticut (laughs) and (laughs) sort of file and catalog all the all the landmarks I could in the song. And you know what? I wasn't selected (laughs) um, four years ago. And so this year, I decided I was going to take a much more personal approach to writing a Connecticut song. And and they they loved it. And I'm glad they loved it. And they should have loved it. It's a beautiful song. And and what's interesting about it, too, is as I listen to it is, um, well, on our show, we talk a lot about how Connecticut, from the outside, and then also quite often inside, it kind of gets and we give ourselves a bad rap. Like we, we don't necessarily celebrate the things that, that we love about the place in maybe the way we should. And it seems like you're getting to some of that in the song. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I introduced this song a couple weekends ago. At a, at a performance saying I've had a love-hate relationship with Connecticut <laughs> for, for all my life. I've lived here almost all of my life. And, um, and so it's not, it's not a matter of writing a glowing or whitewashed song about Connecticut. It's just, um, for me, it's, a, it's an approach to um, expressing where I am right now in terms of this environment that supports me and offers me resource and um, and, and rest and activity, and also um, a sense of, of where our greater community is. What's that love-hate relationship been like? I mean, what's, what's the love, what's the hate in there? <laughs> well, certainly if you look at the span of my life, I, I was a typical teenager and, and couldn't wait to get out of Connecticut. Where did I go for college? New Jersey. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so not too far and not too different, but I, um, you know, I think as an artist, there's certainly been a struggle. I've been working for 15 years, and there have been waves and years where the the culture around the arts culture has felt maybe drier some years and um, and, and less electric, and 
Um, so there's certainly has been opportunity for me to lament things that are happening around me and and with me. You know, I know I, it's hard to it's hard to not have my surroundings reflect what's a- actually happening in me. And so, like I say in the song, I I landed in Hartford. It's a city. It's growing all the time, like me, <laughs> uh, with our flaws and our and our. Uh, um, delights so um. it's interesting too because another so my wife comes from a a state that in many ways has some of the same issues as connecticut does with its its uh, its identity she comes from west virginia and there's a very famous song written about west virginia roads you might know and the people of west virginia i mean it it truly is something that um uh they love that john denver song Mm -hmm. and there's a reason why it's like it takes them home yeah you know I'm going to have a hard time talking to you, Kate. I'm sorry. I wanted to say something. Yeah. I was reflecting on you and the show over the years and what I've come to appreciate, being able to turn on the dial and hear your program at 9 in the morning. And I think this moment reflects that. Um, You are a gracious listener. And so I have always come to understand that you take in what's being shared from microphone to microphone. And um, the heart of a person, the heart of a subject, the heart of an issue is often arrived at through those organic moments that can only happen when, when someone like you is truly listening. And you, you offer us a talk radio show, but I celebrate your listening. Thank you. Thank you. Listening is listening is important. What I found is, it's it's a hell of a lot harder and and a better thing to do than talking. <laughs> you get into radio because you want to talk on the radio, and you realize that being good at it is actually listening to people. So thank you. I'm talking with Kate Callahan. She's my friend, and she's also the Connecticut State Troubadour. We're going to be hearing some of her music, and we're going to be talking more about this new role that she has uh, here on Where We Live. In case you don't know what t- uh, Kate's talking about, uh, soon I will be t- turning over the, uh, the the chair of this uh, uh, of this program to Lucy Nalpathanchel and going out of some other things here on the station. But one of the things I, I will say about the state troubadour job is, in a lot of ways, Kate, when you told me about this, it feels like the sort of work that we do here. I mean, you're you're going to get out and about, and you're going to meet tons and tons of people. You already know thousands of people in the state, but it sounds like this job is really going to get you out on the road and talking to people. Tell me about what's what's in this job. What's in store for you here? Well, a lot of the job is self-created, and one of the things I I want to do is to produce a short, um, maybe a weekly or bi-weekly segment. I'm thinking about calling it Troubadour Tracks or Troubadour Trails. And so the idea would be to go in with a a camera a couple hours ahead of of a show that I'm playing in, in any town in Connecticut. And so I have many, many shows booked in many towns, and I hope to play in in all of the towns by you know by <laughs> March <love> of <laughs> 2018, but um, we want to go in and and s- go to the favorite local diner, stop into the library, stop into the uh, the deli mart, and talk with people and really find out what's unique and um, and worth shining a light on in these towns, and then kind of intermix that with a song from the show that I would play that evening in the town. Um, so this Troubadour Tracks idea, for me, it makes, it makes, it adds meaning to the, the job of being state Troubadour. Um, I want to know people, I want to know, and I want to write music that's inspired by um, the life that goes on around us. 
I'm I, I'm always thinking about how many towns I've actually been. Have you been to all 169 towns? I have state? not. And, and this is, I mean, that, this would be a good goal for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Hitting the Connecticut roads and trying to trying to get to as many as possible. How did you How did you end up with the job of Connecticut State Troubadour? It's a It's a process where there's a nomination. Who Who nominated you? My husband. (laughs) (laughs) Who else? Who else? (laughs) Yeah, actually, the funny thing was um, we were doing our our monthly budget. It was the end of December, I think, and and it was about 20 minutes to midnight. And we had the, the laptop open, doing the budget, finishing up the budget. And I said to him out loud, you know, I wonder if that Troubadour application is coming up this year. And I opened up the web page. And I looked, and it said, you must be nominated by 11.59 p.m. on December 3rd, whatever, whenever it was. Maybe it was early January, January 4th. And and we looked at each other, and we said, we have 20 minutes to do this. (laughs) Let's write a nomination letter, send it, and uh, and that was it. It was kind of destined. Yeah, truly, that that you just saw that. Yeah. And you're the 16th Connecticut State, state Troubadour, and we've talked to others in the past. And th- this notion that the state would have someone assigned the role of being a cultural ambassador to to sing songs and to listen to people, that's a fairly remarkable thing, isn't it? I mean, just, just that notion that, that we care enough to actually um, listen and then, you know, turn it into song. It is remarkable, and we're one of the only states in the nation that does this. I was talking to Bonnie Koba at the Connecticut Office of the Arts, and she was saying that this position is legislated. There's, there are you know, hard and fast roles and rules about this, um, this particular position. And so I look forward to getting to know, you know every, every angle I can in terms of how to be a troubadour and what, what – um, not only I would like to accomplish in this, but what people would like to hear from the state troubadour. You have a goal of bringing therapeutic music programs to female inmates. Can you talk more about that? I can. Um, You know my history with the song Two Doors, which was the title track to my 2012 release. Um, And it talks about, there's a song that talks about... um, not viewing the prison population as other. And in a kind of a roundabout way, the song talks about that. And so I've, I've had this, kind of had this spiritual experience years ago where I woke up and my mind had been changed about capital punishment. My mind had been changed about viewing prison population as other. Um, my mind had been changed about free will and compassion. And, and so all these years I've been wanting to have access to the prisons. I just never thought, and he would, would give it to me. <laughs> and, um, and as soon as I, was, I got the call that I was um, going to be state troubadour, I knew. It was you know, kind of like a, a, an electric moment inside me. I knew I would ha- now have a platform to get into the prisons, work with the female inmates. And there's, there's already people doing such tremendous work with this population. I just hope to fill in um, a gap that exists. Yeah, we've talked to some of the the amazing artists who've had had access, I think, to to some of these these women's lives and and really turned around some lives. I mean, some incredibly creative work has come on, has come out of the artistic programs, the dance programs, the theater programs, and I feel like this is this is something that really uh, 
music could could add to. What do you need to make this successful? Is this something that's going to require a lot of money and time? I mean, what do you need to make this happen? I will be applying for grants. So, yeah, I, I will need, you know, I'll need to support myself while doing this kind of work. And um, I'm, I'm getting the, the good fortune of sitting down with Judy Dwarren in the middle of May and um, hopefully just taking in her wisdom in terms of how to create a successful, successful program like this. Um, I don't intend to mimic or recreate anything that's been done, but I, um, I'm excited to, you know, the, the thing for me is that these women have had their resources stripped away from them through, you know, sometimes fault of their own. And um, my desire is to remind them that they will always have one resource, and that is their voice. And so I really want to work with empowering the voice. Mm. You are on another campaign, though, right now. This is an interesting campaign, and I know you've gotten some you've gotten some coverage around this, and this is fascinating. So, I I don't know personally very much about the the show Gilmore Girls. Uh, I understand it's a very popular program, and I understand that it has a very close Connecticut connection. So, you you've been leading a campaign, and this is I'm sure bolstered by your your new role as Connecticut State Troubadour, um, to try to get on this program. <laughs> Can you tell me about this? Because this is fascinating to me, Kay. This is a whole world I don't know anything about. <laughs> this is so cool. Well, John, like you, I didn't know anything about Gilmore Girls prior to uh, a post that appeared on my website when I announced my Troubadour appointment. And the post was from uh, a, an advisor I'd had at Central Connecticut State University. His name is Gil Gelati, and he's an English professor. I know Gil pretty well. And Gil said... Uh, Troubadour, Connecticut State Troubadour, you need to get in touch with the executive producers of the Gilmore Girls, ASAP, and get yourself on the reboot because they're, they're uh, releasing another series of episodes for Netflix. So I thought, you know, I, John, these things happen on Facebook and sometimes you kind of throw them out and sure, yeah. <laughs> take them with a grain of salt. And this one I felt like I should... I should follow for no other reason than it would be fun. And so I started binge-watching the show, and it's delightful, and I love it. And they do a fairly good job of re- recreating Connecticut um, and, uh, and even referencing actual landmarks and sites in Connecticut, Connecticut's uh, environment. So uh, I was able to get a hold of the rep for Amy Sherman Palladino, who's the executive producer and the writer and creator of the show. I have not gotten a response from her rep, <laughs> but I've had a lot of fun pre- preparing, you know, things I would say if I actually got to be on the phone with her or, um, um, and I've been sending her nice emails uh, suggesting that wouldn't it be wonderful for the authenticity of the show to feature the, the actual Connecticut State Troubadour in some way, shape, or form. Maybe singing that song you just sang for us. Why not? Why not? The, and the town is Stars Hollow. Do I have that right? That's right. So this is not a real town. Do, do we know where it's supposed to be? Is it standing in for anything in particular? <laughs> it's, I think it's about 40 minutes outside of Hartford. Okay. Okay, good. Everything's 40 minutes outside of Hartford. <laughs> that narrows it down. Well, I mean, we'll put more information on our website, wnpr.org slash where we live. 
if you want to find out more about Kate Callahan's campaigns, not only is the new state troubadour, but also this campaign to get on Gilmore Girls. Tell you what, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear more music from our friend Kate Callahan. She was one of our first musical guests on Where We Live. We wanted her to be our final one before I turn over the show to someone else. It's really important that I do that with someone that I, I really enjoy and appreciate. And so we're going to hear more of her music in just a moment here on Where We Live. When it's always the same. It's always the same. This is Where We Live. I'm John Dankosky. Today in the program, we're talking with Kate Callahan. She's a singer-songwriter who was recently named the 16th Connecticut State Troubadour by the Connecticut Office of the Arts. Uh, She's been on the program a number of times before, and we're thrilled to have her back playing some music in studio and talking a bit about what it means to be Connecticut State Troubadour. Uh, We're going to hear another song. What's the song? And tell us about it, if you would. I'd love to. This song I wrote last year. Uh, The mayor of Hartford at the time declared April 19th, look for the good day. And we had a celebration at the Pond House in Elizabeth Park to commemorate this this event. Um, months ahead of the event, I was commissioned by a nonprofit organization called the Center for Serenity to write a song for the occasion. So um, I got to debut it that night with a gospel choir. Wow. And uh, it was <laughs> fabulous. And what I do now when I play this in, live at my shows is I have the audience be the gospel choir. Wow. Um, for now, I'll sing it myself. <laughs> That's right. You don't trust me. You don't want me don't. singing behind you. Very poor idea. <laughs> this is uh, this is look for the good. Embrace it 
this ground beneath your feet it grows for good grows for life let nature speak and go ahead confide and if we look for the good we'll get on the other side It's Kate Callahan. She's the state troubadour, and she's singing some songs for us here on Where We Live and talking to us about her music. It's a beautiful song. Um, Where do you start a song like that? What's the first thing that happens to start that song? The guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, you know, commissioned to write a song called Look for the Good or about Look for the Good, and I started with a, a blues slide. And I thought, a blues? (laughs) (laughs) How's that going to work? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it started with that. Yeah, it started with the blues slide and um, turned out to be, uh, you know, one of those blues blues formats that lends itself to (laughs) um, anthemic inspiration and positivity and optimism. And, and how? But how do you get to that point? I mean, what's the thing you build on? So you start with the guitar and the blues slide, and then you build on that, and you know you have a goal in mind, right? There's a song <laughs> that you're trying to, to write and a goal you're trying to get to. And maybe this is different than the way you'd write another song that would come from another place. But, but take me on that journey from that first note to, to where you go. Well, that first note, that first slide, that first those first series of chords start to create... Um, an atmosphere. And so a lot of my process is atmospheric. And I, and I know I speak for many artists who, or songwriters who work this way too. It's like you let the guitar create the mood, create the atmosphere and the environment and the, and the kind of cadence and rhythm. And, um, and you feel that until 
you get inspired to sing something about it. Um, and so I'll sit in my studio and play those chords over and over and over again. And one of the tests for me is can I, is it, in the process of playing these chords over and over again, do I bore of them? Do I get tired of them? Do they um, inspire movement in my body? You know, so there's all these kind of qualities that you're either looking for or you're looking to throw out. And, and from there, then the lyrics start to um, sprout and they come kind of in fits and starts. And uh, sometimes I scribble them down on paper. Sometimes I get a laptop out and and actually, you know, pull the laptop onto my lap and and start writing. But um, yeah, it's really about a mood and a feeling and a and a way of being inspired by something that's coming from the instrument. Um, and you, and in this song, you seem you are clearly inspired by nature and by natural things, and by and by by growth. I, I assume human growth, but also. Just literally the growth of the growth of, of plants. So, mm-hmm. uh, tell me about that. How did you get to that point? Well, I was asked to uh, use Elizabeth Park as an inspiration for the song, and so I had gotten married in Elizabeth Park and have spent many a many an <laughs> afternoon or evening in Elizabeth Park over my lifetime. So it was very uh, natural for me to to just be filled by all the growth that we see in cycles in Elizabeth Park. You know, you you come to know what you'll find in October or in June or, you know, or in February. (laughs) Um, Living here a long time, you know, the cycles and the growth is something that um, reminds me of my own my own fluidity as a human being and and wow well the the daffodils are here in Elizabeth Park what's coming from me yeah it reminds me of what we were talking about before your your notion that it's important to you to get inside of of prisons and 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 talk to and and um play with and help women who are behind bars find their voice the, the notice, uh, the notion of being inspired by nature, is something that we often hear um, applied to maybe kids who don't get a chance to be around nature very much, or people who are maybe caught between four walls. And just even the way you describe that, it really makes a strong argument for for putting people into nature, for putting people into situations that that might inspire them to some better action than mm. the ones that they've had. Um, and, and that really, it, and if nothing else, it makes a really good case for just getting the kids in the car and taking yeah. them to Elizabeth Park, you know? Yeah, I do know. And I, I have a number of songs that touch on the beauty of nature. And I, and I hope that for, for those people sitting in my audiences who are stuck between four walls and, or who, you know, who, uh, work with children who are, um, don't have access to it. I hope that the songs, uh, inspire, whatever that effort is that's needed to to change that. And, and speaking of walls, the crumbling of a thousand walls is by design. Tell me about that. My favorite lyric of the song. Mine too. Tell me about it. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I was talking about the mood and the motivation of writing, and sometimes the writing um, will inspire lyrics that you didn't even know you had in you. Um, 
and uh, I just felt like in the in the big picture of writing a song for Hartford and for the Look for the Good project and um, this sense of looking for the good, I it felt like well we can't see the good when there are walls, <laughs> we just can't. <laughs> it's awfully yeah. hard. Um, and so this feeling, I remember getting chills, thinking of the crumbling of a thousand walls is by design. Like it, these walls uh, are meant to come down. I, I want to talk about another moment that we had on the on the show together. Um, uh, obviously, a couple of years ago, the terrible uh, events of, of Sandy Hook um, happened on a Friday, and. It was strange. Of all the things that we did over the course of that next week, we, we spent a lot of time talking to many, many people about um, about guns and about violence and about mental health and about children and about education. And we were part of a big national conversation that was happening at the time. But we were trying to figure out for the for the the one week anniversary of that event, Governor Malloy had asked for uh, the church bells to chime at nine thirty. And for there to be a moment of silence, the, the moment at which this had happened the week before. And I thought, my goodness, that's in the middle of my show. How could we have another conversation that we would pause in the middle of? What would the conversation be that would be good enough to be around that? Uh, so instead, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I got together with Tucker Eyes, my producer, and, um, and Gene Amatruda, our uh, operations director, and said, well, what if we put on a concert uh, in a church at the same time, and I and I talked first to to two people who I know pretty well who played very different types of music. I talked to uh, Stephen Haynes, the great jazz trumpeter, who's a who's an improviser, and I talked to Kate Callahan because that, these are two of the people who I thought would feel what I was feeling that day. And we put together a concert in like a week, Kate. It was kind of amazing, and we had uh, Good Night Blue Moon. We had uh, Nicole Zoraitis came up from New York, amazing jazz pianist. Um, we had jazz musicians, we had classical musicians, we had folk musicians. And I said at the time, it was the best thing I ever put on the radio. And not just because it was uh, a concert at a time uh, when people needed something like that, but just th- the amazing ability for all these musicians to get together. It made me feel very good mm. about, about the, um, the artistic scene and the community uh, that you're a part of. Do you remember that time? I do remember that time. And when you say it's the best thing you've ever put out on the radio, I um, that stirs me because what a what a difficult thing to to produce that. Um, what a difficult thing that happened in our culture, in our community, in our society, in our country that produced um, such a beautiful tribute. Um, I was shaking through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and felt like I was singing on a microphone that could be heard in, out on Jupiter. Mm-hmm. I remember that feeling. And and it was and and it was and it was mostly an empty room too. We we didn't <laughs> right. we didn't gather a crowd for that day. Um, I would love for you to play the song that you played that day. Um, if we can bo- both make it through it, um, uh, you you played your, your your version of Amazing Grace, which is a beautiful thing. I will say that we're talking with my friend Kate Callahan, who is uh, the um, 
state troubadour. She was just recently named the 16th Connecticut State Troubadour by the Connecticut Office of the Arts. Uh, her work is well-known to many people across the state, but it will be more well-known as she goes around the state talking to more people and playing more music. Um, we're talking here on Where We Live, and uh, Kate's been good enough to come in and bring her guitar and talk with us a bit and play some music. Kate Callahan here on Where We Live. That's a beautiful song, Amazing Grace, um, playing and uh, talking with us here in our Studio 3. Um, before we take a break, first of all, thank you for playing that. Um, what is it about music that is the thing that we need 
when something terrible happens, like when we have to come together. Because since that time when you played that at the concert, there have been so many other terrible things that have happened in the world and so many other occasions for us to get together. What is, what is it you think that music does to bring us together? Well, I think, <laughs> I think it softens mm. and I think it pierces, you know, these two kind of opposite qualities that it has. Um, it touches, um, and it gives value to our experience, you know, and a value that is not something we count or quantify, but a value um, that's measured in memory. And I think music helps us create those memories. That's very well put. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear some more songs from Kate Callahan. We're going to talk more about what it means to be the state troubadour. And there's no better state troubadour for the state of Connecticut than Kate Callahan. We'll be right back. In a bird's nest, in a mountain song, in an aftershock that rises up to remind us keep on. This is Where We Live. I'm John Dankosky. Coming up on Monday's show, we're going to listen back to a conversation with the senior advisor and vice president of the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, Dr. Gail Christopher. She was in Hartford for a program that was hosted by us and the Connecticut Health Foundation. We're going to talk about health equity and access and find out why place is so important to individual and community well-being. Hope you can join us. Today on the show, we're visiting with Kate Callahan. She's a local singer-songwriter who was recently named the 16th state Troubadour by the Connecticut Office of the Arts. In that role, she's going to be doing a lot of traveling and performing across the state. She's got a gig coming up tonight at 8 o'clock at Bridge Street Live in Collinsville. It's called Women of Folk with a former Connecticut State Troubadour, Lara Herskovich. She's also performing tomorrow, May 7th, at the Funky Monkey Cafe in Cheshire and on Friday, May 20th at the Buttonwood Tree in Middletown. So you're, you're also starting your own record label on top of everything else? Yeah, out of necessity. I <laughs> uh, over the past couple of years I've felt I felt the isolation of being an uh, an independent artist and um I spent a good part of 2014 and 2015 playing with a band playing with Echo Joy and then as schedules changed and and desires and you know needs changed I turned back to solo performing and I really felt when I was given the troubadour position that I could do a better job of really fulfilling this role if I had the hearts and minds and ideas uh, coming from a, a number of people. And so it occurred to me, well, maybe there are some people who would who would have fun getting in on this troubadour thing and 
um, and participate in it in a way. And so I did put out a, a call to my mailing list and my Facebook page and asking for people who would be interested in volunteering a small bit of their time uh, throughout the, the two years that I'm troubadour in coming together and really, really expanding what this role is. And we had our first meeting on April 7th down at the Reset um, uh, Entrepreneurial Center co-working space. And um, I had 10 people there. I mean, 10 people that were sitting there just on behalf of, of me. It was, it was a delight. And uh, I, <laughs> I laugh at myself. I, I, it meant so much to me. I, I prepared an entire PowerPoint for the <laughs> presentation. And um, it just meant so much to me that people were taking their time on my behalf. It's such an interesting experience, too. But you're still touring. I mean, you're you're heading out on the road and you're, you're playing some shows outside of Connecticut as well. That's right. Yeah. Um, early May, I'll be down or I am down <laughs> in Florida and Georgia and South Carolina, which are places where I have been building an audience and building a new community. And um, so I love taking my songs on the road, and now I, I go on the road as Connecticut State Troubadour. So I, I hope to leave people in other states with a sense of place in terms of Connecticut through my songs, through what I share. Um, it's very exciting for me. I love feeling um, a part of this state. Has, it, has this new job, has it changed anything about your ability to, to spread your music far and wide? Are, are you getting people calling you up and saying, hey, Kate Callahan, I didn't hear about you before, but now I'd like you to play a show for me? <laughs> I, that's absolutely happening, John. Yeah. Um, it's, very, it's, you know, it's what an independent musician dreams of, is, is the bookings that come rolling into your inbox without you soliciting them. And um, I've, I've been trying to oblige everyone that I can and, uh, and hope to... Uh, Hope to to spread spread music and, and cultural literacy here in Connecticut, but also beyond these state lines. What does cultural literacy mean to you? Well, I had to ask myself that, and <laughs> and that's where my idea for Troubadour Tracks comes in. I I want to immerse myself in the culture of these towns that we live in, and these cities that we live in, and. Uh, do I know anything and everything about Connecticut? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I figured by talking to uh, by talking to the people who who live across this state, I could virtually become uh, a purveyor of cultural literacy by making these vi- these vlogs, these video blogs, and um, sharing what I'm learning about our state with people who have you know five minutes to spare and uh, and watch a video. Uh, you're going to play one final song for us. Can you tell us what the song is before we hear it? I'd love to. It's a new song, and I wanted to play it today because uh, having been a guest on your show many times and <laughs> having listened to your show many more times than that, it really occurs to me as you are moving on that you you have been a friend to your audience. And I think sitting here with you today with emotions flowing. Um, your friends out there listening give you space to have, to have your experience as you leave this position that you've so defined for us and set such a wonderful precedent for. Um, we are your friends. You are our friend. 
<laughs> and I happened to write a song about six weeks ago called Good Friends. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that does sound like a good way to end. Uh, we'll I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll end the show with that. And I will just say um, thank you, my friend. Thank you for coming in once again. Uh, Kate Callahan, here on Where We Live. Thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much.